Hey everyone, welcome back to Sports Artie Snippets. I'm super excited for our guest today. It is the end of August. No, it's not. It is the end of July. I don't even know what month it is, but it's flying by. If you work in collegiate athletics, it is the calm before the storm, but it's exciting. Um, I don't want to jinx the world right now, but it's nice right now. Um, hopefully it stays opened, the world. So anyways, I'm super excited for our interview for today. This is the last regular interview, like most of the other episodes that we've been doing. But the following week, I'm sorry, in two weeks after this next episode is the very first panel episode, which I'm super excited about. And then Two weeks after that, at the end of August, is the anniversary of the podcast episode, the one-year anniversary of the pod, where I'll be answering all of your questions, and I'm actually being interviewed by a surprise guest. So lots of things coming up. Um, super excited. And yeah, before we jump into the episode for today, we are talking all about you guessed it, momentous protein powder. If you're like me, you've definitely had athletes who've experienced the annoying gas, bloating, and discomfort that can usually come with taking brands of powders. As we know, bloating can be a sign that your body is not processing the protein properly, and you're likely peeing most of it out because your gut can't absorb it, and who wants that? But with our friends at Momentus, that is not the case, and this is because they've included a special patented enzyme blend in their whey protein that eliminates gas, bloating, and makes your protein more bioavailable. The enzyme blend in Momentus is called Prohydrolase, and it's been tested in research against other enzymes. It's been proven to actually deliver more amino acids to your bloodstream, which means you actually fully absorb the protein. I don't know about you, but don't you want to make sure your athletes are actually getting the protein that they're paying for? Momentus definitely does, and your athletes will notice a difference. They won't feel uncomfortable after taking it, and they will take their recovery to the next level. Go check out their website at livemomentous.com and use the code RDSnippets for 25% off your order. That's R-D-S-N-I-P-P-E-T-S. Thank you so much to Momentus for sponsoring this episode, and let's jump in and meet our guest. You can't hire a resume. You hire a person. Hey everyone, and welcome to Sports Artie Snippets. I'm Liz Waluka, a registered dietitian and board certified specialist in sports dietetics. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you a sports dietitian guest that will share advice, insight, and rewards of the profession. Snippets of their own career path to becoming a sports RD. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm super excited to have Annie Hogan-Lowry today on the podcast. And Annie just has a really cool story. I wanted to bring Annie on because I feel like there's a lot more, there's a lot more dietitians transitioning into roles maybe outside of the norm or, you know, companies or companies in general are starting to realize the value of having a dietitian on their team. And I just feel like it's a whole different world for our profession in a way on just maybe jobs that we didn't really know that were out there. So just super excited for Annie's perspective for today. Annie will inspire you to believe in yourself, ask for help when you need it, and she reminds you of the importance of building relationships, which is key. Annie Hogan-Lowry is currently the director of team sales for Momentus. 
She began her career in sports nutrition while completing the coordinated program at Indiana State University. While completing her RD and getting her master's in applied health science, she worked as a team manager to get as much exposure to college football as possible. Annie worked at the University of Tennessee as Allison Maurer's first paid assistant in 2013. She then took the director of sports nutrition position at Baylor for two years. Annie then moved to the director of sports nutrition at Tulsa to begin the school's first sports nutrition program. Annie has now landed in the sports supplement world as a director of team sales for Momentus while she raises her four and three-year-old boys while married to Calvin Lowry, the wide receivers coach at the University of Tulsa. Let's jump in and let's meet Annie. Hi, Annie. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Liz. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. So I'm starting this new thing where I have my guests set the scene. So can you set the scene for us? What's a typical day like? Kind of just take us through what a day in the life of Annie is. Yeah, absolutely. So um, so I, I usually get up a little bit earlier than my three-year-old and four-year-old. Um, I try to to, you know, get my coffee going, start responding to emails, um, catch up really specifically on like the East coast dietitians and strength coaches, trying to make sure that, you know, if they're up with their team's training that I'm, I'm getting in contact with them early. And then, um, my kiddos will wake up and, um, I'll have to get them ready for preschool, get them over to school and then hop back in. So actually I'll, I'll turn on ESPN. I'll have like Skip and Shannon going in the background um, and just kind of go, go at it. Um, uh, you know, I wish I could say that there's a typical day right now, but um, we had a huge announcement with Momentus last week that we merged with Amp Human and we are adding on um, their PR lotion and a lot of exciting new things to come in 21. So, um, you know, like I said, there's just not a typical day. I've got everything from researching the, the supplements that we've got with Momentus. Um, now I'm discovering a whole new side of things with our PR lotion. And, um, you know, one day I might have four to five Zooms, Google meets, and then the next day might be completely open to hit up my emails, phone calls, text messaging, and, um, just connect with all the amazing sports dietitians out there. So no day is typical. Um, but it's also awesome because I'm doing it from home or I can run over to Starbucks and work outside. So um, having the flexibility that I do in this position, I don't, I don't have a normal day um, or any consistent day, but it makes it a lot of fun. Wow. That's amazing. It sounds like you're definitely very busy. <laughs> we all are. What can you say? We got it. We got to keep, <laughs> keep moving. That's awesome. Well, I like to start these episodes off with how we know each other. I don't know if you remember this, but we were, so we were both in the American conference back in, when did you start at Tulsa? So I started at Tulsa in March of 2015. Okay. So when I started in 2017, were there only three full-time in the American, like you, me and Dwight, Allison? Yes. Yeah. That that would be, that would be it. It's crazy. Like you really, the American conference now has grown so much. Like I, I just was shocked that it took so long to catch up, honestly. Um, Cause I didn't have any- at least they have 12 sports to, or at least like 10 to 12 right now. I mean, I'm not sure I should look before I say that <laughs> they have so many more than three, like, yeah, right. it's crazy. Like how much that's grown. But I remember 
I think I was trying to get new products into our fueling station. So usually the advice is like, reach out to someone in your conference. So, you know, they can kind of help you. And I reached out to, do you remember I called you about your fueling station? I yes, you do. Okay. And we actually, you and I talked for a really long time because I was trying to gather information on our just budget because our budget was so small. And like, I knew Dwight's was a lot better at Houston and um, I knew central Florida's was a lot better. And I was trying to like gather all this information, like for our AD on, we've got to have a bigger operating budget and it did not help, but, <laughs> but you and I had a really good conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how we met. And then we reconnected after Julia Zalewski's episode. And then it's been, I feel like I've known you for so long, even though it's probably been like, I don't know, we reconnected like three months ago and obviously working with you, I feel like we talk all the time. Yeah, I know. I know. Right. It would have to be me like starting to work for a supplement company to start to talk to more dietitians instead of just being in my own little hole in the weight room. But I know you and I talk all the time now. So it's awesome. I love it. Awesome. Well, let's jump in. Can you take us through your career path up until this point where you started and where you are today? Yes. Um, so it's pretty funny. I was listening to, to Jackie's, um, story and I was kind of like mentally preparing where my nutrition and everything came from my passion for it came from. Um, so, so way back when I was in eighth grade, my dad had a heart attack and I, my dad's incredible. Um, he is probably one of those few patients that would have a heart attack that, um, as soon as the doctor told him he had to change the way he ate in order to see his kids and see his grandkids, um, my dad changed immediately. And I was able to see the impact of changing nutrition through my dad. And, you know, he's 78 years old now. And he went from having eight kids. Cause I'm the youngest of eight to now he has 21 grandchildren and he's been there for all of it. And so, um, at a pretty young age, I got to see how significant an impact nutrition could have on a person's life and the longevity of that life. Um, and so for the most part, my family all kind of grasped like grab grabbed onto nutrition and how important it was. Um, but you know, you go to, you go to college. So I went to college, um, played, played D three basketball, um, at a small school up in South Bend, Indiana, um, and was not the ideal athlete at all. Um, I like to have a lot of fun and had there been a dietitian that worked with us, she would have hated me. And, um, so after two years of, of that, it was just, it wasn't for me. And I actually, um, transferred to Western Kentucky and I majored in history with a minor in business. Um, but all along the way, I kind of started to, you know, have my own nutrition journey and started running half marathons, started, um, trying to figure out the difference of fueling for basketball versus fueling for endurance. Um, a lot of trial and error, a lot of fun that was, um, but kind of, kind of kept doing that. So I graduate with a, I graduate with a history degree with no intention of teaching, no intention of anything I actually had a professor that said, so what are you going to do with a history degree? And <laughs> I had no clue, none at all. So I moved to Denver and actually worked in a, worked in a bar for a couple of years, um, worked for an airline and got free flights. So that was fun. Customer service for an airline will prepare you for anything in the world. Um, moved to Alaska for a year and, um, worked for Alaska airlines and just kind of 
just kind of kept being random, even did um, six months of sales for an ABC station. And finally, like all along the way, you know, still counting calories, still counting my protein, like doing my own thing with nutrition as a hobby. But my family's really big into football. Um, and I was missing sports. So, you know, I'm 25 years old and I was just like, okay, I've got to become an adult. Like what's going on. And my brother-in-law who was the head coach at Indiana state at the time said, you know what, Annie, we have a, we have a dietetic program. He's like, what if you, what if you came to grad school at Indiana state and looked into becoming a dietitian? And so, you know, immediately I was like, all right, cool. That sounds great. Let's do it. So, um, kind of like Jackie said, I had to go back almost for a full year and get prereqs. Like I did not want to do all the science. I was so scared, so scared of all the science. I mean, I was a history major, like I loved writing papers. Um, so just had to jump in and go full go into all the sciences that I did not have. Um, and then I got accepted into the coordinated program at Indiana state. And, um, it was just unbelievable. Um, while I was in grad school, I actually was a manager for the football team. So I did laundry for football, uh, until like one in the morning, I ended up planning their meals for camp. Um, like we're talking a dollar 50 Denny's grand slams at the time. Oh yeah. Um, did, um, coordinated the flights for the coaches because they didn't have, um, any of that. Indiana state, as you can imagine, didn't have a lot of positions. So I wore a lot of hats as the manager, um, plan the flights for the coaches when they were recruiting, um, plan their hotels, just kind of did a little bit of everything to get a feel for college football. Um, I would do a little bit of education with some of the players just to get that experience for some of my classes. And, um, and then in addition to the coordinated program, I did a summer internship for Jenny and just had reached out because my brother was working for the bears at the time and Jenny was doing summer internships. So I reached out and she said, absolutely gave me a couple projects. And it was kind of my first taste for sports, which was so cool. Um, I took one sports nutrition class on Northern Colorado did online classes, and I wanted to do a little bit more in depth on that. So paid a ridiculous amount of money for one sports nutrition course online. Um, and then, so I went to do my last semester, actually went back to Alaska because similar to Allison's story about clinical, I in Terre Haute, Indiana left the hospital one day bawling because it was, you know, heart attacks and diabetes. And I was just like, I don't want to do this. Why am I becoming a dietitian? Like I, what am I doing here? <laughs> like, so I asked my director if I could go to Alaska and work in a hospital out there for the last portion of my coordinated program. And I was able just to see some of the craziest, um, cases that I could see. Um, and it was just an outstanding experience. The actually my food service side was my favorite component when it came to my internship hours. Um, I did a, did a, my big project was helping get, um, moose 
onto their patient, um, their patient services so that native Alaskans could get moose meat um, through, through ordering to their rooms. But the most interesting thing about that was that you had to, um, you had to get on the list for roadkill. So yeah, no, no doubt. It's crazy. Um, you had to get on a roadkill list and have a team that at a moment's notice would come collect the moose carcass and salvage as much meat as they could. And we were able to get it approved. It could not be sold obviously, but it could be used. Um, I actually don't know if they ever got a moose. I'm just um, laughing because you're making my internship sound so boring. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, my internship was a great time. I even got to try, um, like in Alaska, they'll put fish in their ice cream. So I had to try, I had to try that. I had to try anything and everything that the native Alaskans like loved and it really helped them when they were recovering to get those foods that they were used to. And so, um, so it was incredible, an incredible experience. But so, so fast forward to, to graduation and I am still, no, I mean, yeah. I am like determined to do sports. So, um, so the crazy thing is that the Alaska Native Hospital actually offered me a job in food service because of how much I, I loved it and got along with everyone there. Um, you know, I, I told you I'd been a bartender and a server for a really long time. So like food service was just kind of fun for me. Um, but I turned it down and it was, you know, $65,000. So at the time I was like, what am I doing turning this down? Why do I like, what? Oh, um, but so I was like, nope, got to do sports, got to do sports. And, um, so I go home to Clarksville, Tennessee, and I just start randomly emailing all of the CPSDA OGs, right? Like what year is this? What year is this? 12, 2012. Okay. So I email Allison, email Amy, like literally every one of the CPSDA, like godfathers, right. Um, that I'm like, I'll come work for free. Like, what can I do to work for you? Um, and lo and behold, Allison, Allison emails back and she said, coincidentally, I am going to be able to offer my first paid, um, paid assistant. And, you know, if you could interview, um, you know, she asked me when I can interview and I'm like, I will sprint to Knoxville, Tennessee right now. Like, let me know, let me know the day that you need me to be there for this interview and I'm going to do it. Um, so I think it was only like a week later, I drove to Knoxville and interviewed with Allison who from the minute I met her, I was like, I have to work for this woman. She is amazing. Um, and it was so funny listening to your podcast with her because just, I can't thank Allison enough for everything that she taught me continues to teach me and gosh like I don't know how I got blessed with that opportunity um so so I work with Allison for all of I think six months and jobs are popping open and Allison is basically saying to me she's like oh no like I'm getting you ready for your first job like that's what my goal is is to get you ready for your first job so um, Baylor and IMG actually came up right at the same time. And so I applied to both 
and I get offered the opportunity to go interview for both like in-person interviews, which I guess are gone now too, but, <laughs> but so I have to take one of the in-person interviews. I can't take both because it's falling like right at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I was like within the same, like couple of days. So I had to either, I had to go on one of the interviews and basically tell the other one, like, I, I'm not going to be able to do it, like turn down the interview. So I talked to Allison and, um, Jana knew the strength staff, Jana Heitmeyer knew the strength staff at Missouri. So Jana, um, you know, talked to Allison about it and we just kind of decided that Baylor was more, more me because I come from a football family. Um, and, um, for those who don't know, my, my brother is actually the assistant GM at the jets. Um, my sister-in-law is a head coach's assistant for the Falcons. So, and I've already mentioned my brother-in-law. So, lots of football. And, uh, so Baylor just seemed right. Like something, something felt right, seemed right. So, um, I go on the in-person in interview of Baylor and, um, met my best friend now, Candace Walls, who was a strength coach there, um, on the interview. And I was like, Nope, I'm getting this. Like I'm getting this job. Like, you know, when you just have that moment of like, all right, stars have aligned. This is where I'm meant to be. Um, and the funny, the funny thing is that the, um, the strength coach there, Kaz Kazadi, during my interview even said to me, he's like, I have to be honest with you. Your resume was awful. He's like, <laughs> he's like, based off of your resume, I would never, he's like, I would never have called you. He's like you as a person and in an interview are so different than your resume. And I was like, I didn't know what to say other than, you know, you've got, you've got to, you like, say? yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I'm sorry. Like you can't hire, you can't hire a resume. You hire a person. And I was like, yeah. I was like, so I was like, so, um, so I got the job. They offered me the job a few days later and, um, I had to leave for Waco, Texas, like no clue what I was doing. Um, talk to Allison about it, of course. And Allison's like, I was like, Allison, like, am I ready for this? And of course, as only Allison can do, she's like, no, you're not ready for this. And she's like, she's like, she's like, you're going to mess up a lot and you're going to learn from it. And she's like, and that's okay. Um, and so, so I, I'd left and so nervous, um, got down there and for, we won two big 12 championships. It was incredible. Um, the strength staff that I met there, I was so blessed to have because I didn't, I didn't have anything. There weren't any other dietitians there to reach out to. Um, I basically still knew Allison. Obviously, had met some amazing people. I think it was the first boot camp that CPSDA ever had, so I got to meet everybody there. Um, but so yeah, so that Baylor was two insane years of very little sleep and grinding. Um, one of the things that the strength staff did at Baylor that was incredible was that they had a huge summer internship program. So in addition to bringing in strength interns, we also went ahead and put out, um, oh gosh, and at Dwight, I can't forget about Dwight. Dwight was actually, um, our, my assistant dietitian at Baylor. We came on at the same time. Um, Gosh, wow. I'm leaving yeah. out some big stuff. Um, 
so Dwight was there. He had, he, I don't want to tell his story, but he owned a Brazilian jiu-jitsu um, business in Waco, but also came to help with nutrition at Baylor. So um, I did, I had Dwight and I was so fortunate to have Dwight. Um, but again, sorry, back to the summer internships. So the one, so the thing that the strength staff wanted to do was bring in summer interns for nutrition. And I'm, I'm like, what am I, what am I going to do with summer interns? I don't even know what I'm doing yet. Like what in the world? So, um, but, but it was great. So we just put it out there, um, put out, put out feelers for a summer internship. And in my first summer there, I actually, um, I don't know if you know, Carrie Oliver, who now we're, so Carrie was with summer intern for me. And then, um, Tony now Langens at Oregon state, Mm -hmm. Um, she was my summer intern. So like who hits the jackpot with people like that in their first summer internship? I mean, these, these two were just for, I'm just going to say it little badasses. And I was like, go man, like go teach the athletes while I've got you, like could not have had better summer interns. And, um, so, so I really got a feel for not only the calling of loving working with college athletes at Baylor, but it was I've got to work with young RDs. This is incredible. Like the opportunity to give young RDs just some exposure to, do they even want to work in sports was something that I absolutely loved. So from that summer internship, we would also open up semester internships. Um, They were unpaid. So I don't know how we got people to do it. Um, But I had some semester long interns that came um, and I slowly but surely got to build this pipeline of young sports RDs that also became like my network. Um, And so after two years of being at Baylor, um, about after year one, I I broke a rule that I had for myself, which was (gasps) do not ever date a coach. Don't do it. I made a, I made a rule. They would not get my phone number. They would not. Um, but as you know, as they, as people say, if you like have like tell God, you have a plan and then like, see how fast he laughs at you. Um, so one of the football coaches on the Baylor staff, um, after my first year there, um, we started, um, dating, tried to hide it. Not very well. And, um, (laughs) And after two years at Baylor, um, the offensive coordinator for the Baylor football team took the um, head coaching job at the University of Tulsa. Well, he was also going to take my um, boyfriend at the time as his wide receivers coach. And after, um, so he left in January and in March of 2015, Coach Montgomery, head coach for the University of Tulsa now, called and said, Annie, do you want to come to Tulsa? Mind you, it came with quite a bit of a, um, salary cut, but, (laughs) but, um, I could not imagine being apart from, from my now husband and, um, ended up making the move to the university of Tulsa. And so spent four years as the director of sports nutrition at Tulsa, um, and building a program from complete scratch at Tulsa. Um, you know, the conversation I actually distinctly remember having with you, Liz, was after two years of being there and still being like, 
how do I make this better with no money? How do I, what can I do? And, um, so, so Tulsa was an experience and it was a challenge, but a challenge that I have to say, like, was phenomenal for me because I had to tap into, you know, building relationships with those athletes, doing every single thing for them, whether it was education or one-on-one grocery store shopping, which happened a lot, (laughs) um, trying to find kitchens on campus to do, um, you know, cooking demonstrations. And we use some pretty nasty kitchens, um, but, um, just doing anything and everything you could with the resources that you had. And I had left, you know, when I left Baylor, we had a really, really big budget. We had won two big 12 championships and it changed everything at Baylor. Um, Tulsa just wasn't there yet. Like didn't even have any Gatorade contract at all. We, we purchased our Gatorade. And um, so, you know, it was just two completely different experiences. Um, So then fast forward a little bit and we had our first son, my husband and I had our first son and I had to travel, um, with the football team when he was, um, eight months old. And I hated that, hated every minute. (laughs) Um, you know, so my husband and I are both on the road trips and I'm telling, I'm going to share this probably sorry for any male listeners. I had to pump on flights. I had to pump on buses. I, um, it was, it was tough. It was really tough. And so we made it through that football season and I was like, okay, all right. You know, we, we can do this. No big deal. Um, but lo and behold, we decided to go ahead and get pregnant with our second son, um, really soon after our first. And, um, so then, the next football season, I was having my son, um, in July and (laughs) my second son in July. And so, um, or not the next football season, sorry, two football seasons. Um, cause they're 18 months apart. And, um, I luckily have had the best football coach that there could ever be that understood what I needed and that I was not going to travel, um, when I had a newborn. And so, um, Tulsa helped me figure out creating a graduate assistant position. And, um, I was able to get a, a, a graduate assistant that came in that summer, um, started work for free. Um, it's Alex Sherard. I don't know if anybody knows Alex. She, um, decided to go the private sector and works in DC now at, um, at VASA, but, um, you know, she was incredible. She, I don't know how I would have done that football season without her. Um, And at the end of that football season, the nanny that I had that was watching my sons was no longer able to keep them and had to make the hardest decision that I've ever had to make was stepping away from college sports because I was not going to continue to work 12 to 14 hours a day. My husband couldn't bend on the hours that he could work, obviously. And, um, through like complete ugly crying, telling my team that I wasn't going to come back. Um, I was lucky to find Julia Zalewski who could not have done, um, well, one, I just think she's way smarter than me, but did an incredible job, um, taking over for me. Um, and I never had to worry a day about, about the team. Um, but you know, 
one of the things that, that I wanted to share with you and that, um, made a major impact on, you know, trying to decide where my career was going to go next was that, um, I, it was time for me to step away from college sports because of my husband's job. And I was starting to, every time I would talk to the team, I was so concerned about both my husband and my job. And were we going to have a job if we were losing football games? And, you know, that, that could come out in how I, how I talk to the team and, you know, cause we know what they do on Saturday nights after they end a game and, um, knowing that was really hard. And so, um, so once again, like a clear signal of it was time for me to step away from the university of Tulsa and to give it to somebody that I knew would do a great job with it. Um, so, um, so then one complete year staying at home with my kids, um, then the pandemic hits. So it turns into two years (laughs) and, I was just like, how in the world am I going to get back into sports nutrition? You know, um, if you don't, if you don't use it, you lose it. Like that is so true because Mm -hmm. it's so easy to, to get caught up in everything else. Um, you know, I wasn't reading a ton of research. I wasn't, wasn't having one-on-ones with athletes and I knew I had to get back into it or I was scared. I would never get back into it. Um, and so in February, of this year, um, a really good friend of mine who is the assistant strength coach at the nuggets. Um, he calls me and he says like, Annie, I think I found a perfect job for you. You can work from home. The, um, the guy that would be your boss is incredible. And so that's how the momentous thing started to happen. And, um, so I send my resume to, to my now boss, Chris DeSanto and we have an, we have our first interview that lasted two hours, like two hours of an interview, but we were just talking, talking about same experiences and, you know, how it was hard for him to leave strength and conditioning to go into sales and him understanding that transition as a dietitian. Um, and so, so I kind of had to think long and hard about it because clearly the ethics behind Am I going to tie my name to one supplement company as a dietitian? Um, Am I okay with that? You know, and then of course the question would come into mind of, well, how are my colleagues going to look at this? How are they going to perceive this, this decision? You know, um, because that happens to everyone. You're always thinking about what is somebody else going to think of this? Um, And so taking the job with momentous was something that I did have to spend a lot of time thinking about and talking to my husband about, because, um, I knew I loved the products. I knew I loved the, the way they put the science out there for everyone to see. There's nothing hidden about our products, but, um, but it still makes you nervous, makes you nervous to, to be on the other side of that phone call. And during my interview, one of the questions they asked me was, um, was I okay with being told no a lot? (laughs) And I was like, I was like, well, hello. I worked with college athletes. They told me no all the time. Like, (laughs) no, I don't want to drink water. I only want Gatorade and juice. Like, so, um, so really 
on that side of things, I think that being a dietitian, especially in the college setting is all about sales. We're selling, we're selling nutrition nonstop to these athletes. And we're just trying to get one. Yes. During the day, you know, one win when it comes to nutrition is so big for our day to day. It's what keeps us going. So, um, so for me, like switching to this side of sales, um, yeah, it's different, but I was always selling to the athletes. Um, but instead of selling fruits and vegetables, now I'm trying to sell high quality protein. So, um, but yeah, so I guess that's where I am now in the career, um, is, director of team sales for Momentus, um, and still trying to find my voice a lot with sales. Um, cause it's, it's crazy. It is crazy to, you know, you're making a phone call to let's say Carrie with the LA Kings now and, or Allison <laughs> and, you know, is the phone call about, Hey, what's up? Or is it about, is it about sales? So, you know, that's not, it's hard to navigate, you know? Um, it's hard to get an email response from someone that has no punctuation and no capitalization that says, thanks, I'm good. And I was like, oh, like, well, okay, well, we could still be friends. Like you can, <laughs> you don't have to buy my products to like start a relationship. Um, but you know, it's all part of it. And it's figuring out how to take that, not take things personally um, and, uh, and figure out how to navigate this. Cause I'm not even at five months yet. Um, so yeah. I didn't even realize that, that it's only since February. Yeah, I know. Mm. feels like a lot longer. <laughs> Can you go back to your time at Baylor when you were saying the, the guy who was interviewing you looked at your resume and said, and, and you said, you know, you don't hire a resume, you hire the person. Can you just kind of talk to early dietitians about, or like anyone trying to get their foot in the door and like what that really meant? Um, absolutely. I mean, you know, <laughs> for me, I, I said it, I'm the youngest of eight kids, like relationships are everything. Um, and experience is great. Um, but at the same time, like if you can't, if you can't be a genuine person that, you know, that really can show your passion and your, you know, what you want to bring to the table, to those athletes and to that department, then, you know, what does your resume say? Um, I think, I think for me, it was, this is going to sound crazy, but it was everything Allison taught me like in six months of being with her and seeing how she, how she could bring passion about, you know, even making peanut butter out of peanuts <laughs> and how much better that was than, you know, buying Jif, um, bringing that to her athletes and how, how that once that small change can make a difference. Um, you know, what, what's the point in having a good resume if you can't build a relationship with, with the athletes. And so for me, you know, when he said that to me, I laughed because I was like, Oh, what's wrong with my resume. But at the same time, I have never had any doubt in if you can get me in front of an athlete, I'm going to make a relationship with that athlete and I'm going to help that athlete get, get better because of what I've been through and, and how, how much it meant to me that nutrition can make a difference in their performance. And so, um, make sure that you're bringing the passion with everything that you do. Um, because honestly, like as soon as you get caught up in 
you know, the time that you spend on the computer or, and I think I heard somebody on one of the time, <laughs> one of your podcasts saying how important that time making a smoothie can be with your athletes. Um, like don't forget about that interaction of, of building that relationship with those, with the, with the athletes, because if you're more worried about making sure you're getting emails sent and making sure your budget is balanced, like you're really going to struggle with your success and you're really going to forget like why you go in to do what you do every day. Um, and, and I can say that cause it happened to me. Like I did get caught up in, you know, oh my goodness, if we don't win this football game, are we going to get fired? And it completely started to change how I approached my athletes. And, um, yeah, I think I kind of diverted from the resume question, but, um, <laughs> no, that's right. I think, I think like sometimes, I mean, obviously like have a good resume, like that'd be great. So you can get the chance to have the interview, but I think early dietitians are just, um, maybe someone doing a fellowship. They're so worried about like the letters behind your name and, and like that matters, but the experience that you have, and like you're saying, I think you might get to the interview and you might get really nervous, but you have to bring that passion because all those accolades or all that experience you have means nothing. If you can't, you know, build those relationships, like you're saying, or, or sell yourself. So if you're really nervous, which is like, it's normal to be nervous, right? It's, you know, it can be like a once in a lifetime opportunity. Sometimes just try to know that you need to sell yourself and sell your passion and bring it back to like, why did we get into this profession in the first place? Or why do you want to do this job? And why should they pick you? What's going to you stand out? Yeah. You know, it's funny too. Like, um, even in my, my interview with Allison, cause I still remember that to this day, like she said, she's like, I know you're smart. Like you passed your RD. I know you have the education. She's like, but I can't teach you how to talk to an athlete. Like that's gotta be something that I see in the person doing the interview. And so I think like, I think just that experience with Allison alone made me realize like I have the education like, okay, give me the interview, give me, give me that interview. And you're not going to find anybody better than me to build relationships with your athletes. And you have to grasp onto that confidence. Um, what separates you from that, from those other resumes? Um, like (laughs) wasn't the imposter syndrome when you're talking about that, or did I just see it on, on Jessica's TikTok stuff? Um, like it's coming up though, more imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I think it's so easy to, to, you know, listen to other people and, you know, somebody that's really good with the science component of sports dietetics, you know, you, you hear it and you, you listen to it and you're like, dang, can I make that sound like that? Um, but you can't ever be somebody else. You've got to like be your authentic, your authentic self. And I know, I know for a fact that it's relationship building that, set me apart. And so it might not have been, you know, Indiana, Indiana state coordinated program, uh, <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's my ability to make things fun and build those relationships that, um, that I had to be able to show. So when I got that opportunity, like, okay, you're going to get, you're going to get all of me, even if you don't want it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's um, funny that you just brought up the imposter syndrome part. Cause recently I've been thinking about like, cause I think when you're younger, you're right. You look at someone, you're like, oh, I have to deliver it like this way, or like, this is the right way. And 
you get so caught up and you miss the message that you're supposed to deliver in your authentic way. And I've been thinking about this a lot. If, if you have to prove yourself, you can't be yourself. I think, I think there's a difference between like selling, selling your education versus feeling like you have to prove yourself. I don't think you can prove yourself and be yourself at the same time. I don't know why that's been coming up recently, but no, there's nothing better than being yourself. And I don't think you can be a good dietitian if you're not yourself. And I think your athletes will realize that you're not you (laughs) you try not to be right right yeah um no 100 100 agree with that yeah all right let's let's switch gears can you tell us what a typical day like as the director of sales i know it's kind of interesting how you were saying you know you're always selling in collegiate as a sports dietitian anyways it's just a different setting now so what's a typical day kind of look like in a role as like a director of sales yeah so i mean you know all my days are really different Um, it all depends because my day revolves around like a team that I work with. Um, some days I've got three to four meetings with marketing and, um, with our CEO or with product development. And, you know, someday I have a complete day to myself to check my follow-ups, to check my, check where I am with things, check on, have samples been delivered, have, has, um, have product been delivered on that. So each day is extremely different, extremely varied for me. Um, you know, I, um, like I had kind of said in the beginning of this, like I'm kind of experiencing that pandemic life now because I feel like I'm on zooms and Google meets calls like nonstop. Um, but, um, a lot of it has, has to do with me being able to prioritize what's most important on what I need to get done that day. And, um, so, so I always have to wake up and look at what I have that day, as far as meetings go, or typically I'll look the night before. Um, if I, if I know that I've got some things that happen on with dietitians or strength coaches on the East coast, then I've got to wake up at six o'clock in the morning, maybe a little bit earlier so that I can hit them at the right time. If I know that I'm going to have something happening on the West coast, then I I know, okay, I might drop my boys off at 9am because I'm not going to be able to pick them up until that last phone call finishes. So I really have to, um, plan each day accordingly, um, to that span of time zones that I'm working with. Um, and you know, it's kind of crazy. I actually never loved being on social media as a director of sports nutrition. Um, I probably, that was something looking back, I should have been better at. Um, but now it's, crucial to my reach out because finding strength coaches, finding dietitians, finding ATs, um, you know, I'm, I'm the director of, of team sales, but it's the college market that I really dive into because that's what I have experience with. And so really trying to, to figure out like the, that puzzle of, who's paying for these supplements? Who's, you know, um, cause you, you can start with your network, which is what I did, but, you know, finding who does the purchasing, um, like at oral Roberts, for example, cause that's the school in Tulsa <laughs> is a little bit different. You know, you've got to do, you've got to be creative and, um, and you've got to be ready to make a cold call or send an email out. And, you know, that takes, a little bit of self-talk every single time I do it right before I'm going to like make a cold call to somebody or, um, even send an email to somebody. I don't know. I'm like, 
what does this say about me? Am I reaching out again, authentically, or does it sound like it's just copy and pasted? And so, um, so that's what my day really consists of meetings, um, following up on everything because follow-up is everything. I mean, as a supplement company, you don't need to give a team another reason to say no. There's plenty of them. Right. Um, and, um, and then trying to figure out, you know, the new schools and, um, and it's a lot of fun because for two years, I really didn't get to reach out to, um, to the, the sports dietitians that I met when I, um, started early on that became like my network, um, through Allison, essentially through that Tennessee family of dietitians, um, to my summer interns that have now become, um, full-timers and directors. It's so amazing. Um, and so it's kind of just reconnecting and, and learning about what everybody's doing. Like I, I'm blown away constantly at how smart and creative sports dietitians are. And every time I get off of a phone call with a director, that's told me like how they're doing something. I'm like, man, they are smarter than me. That is awesome. Like, (laughs) or like when they're really good at marketing or like, it's so cool because we come from such a diverse background that there's something new to learn every single phone call I have. And, um, and sometimes I think people probably are like, this girl is crazy. Like, how did we even get on that topic? But, um, but yeah, I just, I love, I love conversations with people. I love learning what people are doing. Um, and, uh, uh, so yeah, every day is a little bit different. Um, but as long as I'm getting to meet new people and like continue the relationships I have, they're, they're all fun. So. I'm glad you spoke about like how you kind of give yourself like a pep talk before the um, cold calls, because I think a lot of us as sports dietitians, and obviously like you are, you know, you worked at a college and stuff, we get bombarded with so many emails all the time. And like, sometimes I have to remind myself, like, you should get back to this person, you know, because they're, you guys are people like, you know what I mean? And I think like for anyone listening, like everyone knows, like you get so many emails. I mean, I know I can't respond to all of them, you know, all the time, but just if someone calls you, like give them the decency and call them back and, you know, keep them updated or something, but I can like, can't even imagine in your shoes. I'm like making that call and knowing that. (laughs) you know, you don't know sometimes, but, um, I don't know. It's just interesting on our end too, of like, make sure you call people back or like keep them Uh, updated. Well, and it's funny because like some of my really close, like friends again, who I've met from like day one, like Beth Miller, um, she's somebody that was, she was going to the university of Tennessee at the time that I was there. Like, what is that? Right. Um, like, cause Beth's just amazing and doing all the things. Um, but I even, I'll just have to send like, if I'm bothering you, will you please just tell me, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, um, and you know, everybody of course is like, no, you're fine. I'm so sorry. I haven't been able to get back to you. Like, right. so, you know, I just checking in with my people and being like, is this annoying? Like, I don't know if I'm being annoying. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. Anything surprised you about working for a supplement company? Like anything that just that you didn't expect, or that's been just like a, I don't know. Well, I mean, honestly, like the biggest thing that has been so cool is the product engineers that our team has. Um, and that was a complete surprise to me. Like maybe it shouldn't have been, but the, the homework that 
they have done to build this group of people just to provide one product, not to mention, you know, 11 products is, is unreal. And the hours that we will spend, whether it's on a Google meets call, or it's an, a chain of emails saying like, is this ingredient best? Is this ingredient best? Nope. We want to go this way. No, nope, we want to go that way. Um, you know, from my end, having to, to talk about permissibility and impermissibility and, um, you know, having to call Randy and bother him about <laughs> double checking permissibility. Um, you know, I think that to me is one of the, the biggest surprises I got with momentous was like, it's so not just about selling these products. It's about creating the absolute best product that they can. And honestly, like when you're in the seat receiving the phone call, you're not thinking about how much time and work went into the production of that product. You're just thinking like, okay, well, how much does it cost? Like, you know? Um, so, so that was one of the biggest surprises to me is like the depth of the product engineers and like how cool it is. Everything that goes into it has been fascinating. And it's been, it's been pushing me to learn a whole new side of stuff that, you know, when, when you're in the day-to-day working with athletes, you want to learn more about supplements, but where is that on your priority list? And so this has been able to challenge me in new ways that I never got time for as a director. So I think that's been the best surprise for me. That's really cool. What advice do you have? I feel like now, like companies are realizing, like we should have a dietitian on our team, which like makes sense because you're helping sell a product. I feel like there's more dietitians moving into sales roles and maybe moving out of collegiate or pro or tactical. What advice do you have for anyone transitioning into a role that might be kind of outside of the norm of, you know, a role as a sports dietitian? Yeah. I mean, first, I guess I got to go back to what I was saying before is like, you, you do have to not take things personally. Um, you do have to be okay with, um, you know, not everybody is gonna even respect the choice that you made. Um, and, you know, by no means you have to prove anything to anyone. Um, but you do have to be, um, really confident in the company that you align yourself with. You do have to be ready to have conversations with your new company on like, this is, this is who you are. It's who you're going to be. And you're not going to, um, you're not going to change because you're trying to, to make sales. Um, because at the end of the day, it's your reputation on the line and it's, you know, the time that you've spent building this network of dietitians that you have so much respect for, um, and you only want to bring to them the best and support them in every way that you can. And so, you know, be selective on who you work for and kind of like what I was saying before, like when you give them that resume, like let they need to know that like they're getting, they're getting everything that comes with, with who you are, not just that, not just those credentials, but they're getting that network that you've built. They're getting your reputation They're, You know, so you, you're not going to like, they're benefiting off of everything that you can bring. Like, don't ever under undersell yourself. Like we, we learned so much, like we dedicated so much to becoming dietitians. Like how many people out there have nutrition as a hobby? How many times have you heard somebody say like, 
oh, I thought about becoming a dietitian, but I didn't want to do the, the, um, the medical nutrition side of it, or I didn't want to do the clinicals or I didn't want to do the food service. And, you know, with a smile on your face, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But in your head, you're like, yeah, so you didn't want to be a dietitian because we had to go through some really hard stuff to have those credentials, you know? And, um, so, so we know what we did. We know what we sacrificed, you know, like, it's kind of like Jackie was saying to you last time, like, it's scary to start over and it's hard, but, but we became dietitians in order to become sports dietitians for a reason. Like we went through it for a reason. Like, so remember that you deserve everything that you can get through this degree. Like you have, you have it, like just own that and be ready to to be a badass. Like I, I hate to say it. I'm so way. inspired right now. I've got to <laughs> my inspiration. Well, I mean, like seriously, no, it's so good. It's so true. Seriously. I like that too. It's like your experience can only go as far as your resume. There's so much more that can't even be listed, you know, yeah. as a like, year on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I did. I just, I think that what we do and how hard we work just to get that RD credential, like carries a lot of weight, like be proud of it. Yeah. Like Undergrad is so hard. If you're an undergrad (laughs) now, like, I think that was the hardest thing I've ever done in my, like, it's hard. Well, that's why I had to do it as a 25, 26 year old. I was at 18 at 20 years old. I could not have become a dietitian. Like, no, no, no. All I remember from your background was that fish and ice cream is a thing in Alaska. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Eskimo ice cream, man. Eskimo ice cream. So switching gears again, I remember from the virtual annual conference, Momentus is doing a, um, is it a workshop with CPSDA called Upward? Um, Can you talk about what that is or just who that workshop is kind of aimed for? I can tease it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, All the way. Uh, (laughs) But honestly, that was one of the things um, in that first interview with Chris, my boss, Chris, um, before joining, um, I made it really, really clear that I wanted to work with young sports artists. Like that was something that when I left the director position at Tulsa, I was like, I miss helping young sports artists so much because I don't, I don't think that we get enough of that opportunity to be like, do I hate this? Do I even want to do this? Like, I think I want to do sports, but do I, am I going to like it? Um, but so, um, so I really wanted to, to be able to do that during, actually during COVID, I did reach out to be a mentor in the, the mentorship pairing that we had through CPSDA. And, um, I met Corey who's at Western Kentucky and just, it just brought back all the, all the fun, like helping a young sports RD, um, navigate these relationships and, um, communicate across departments And so of all things, my boss, Chris had already been talking to Amy about how Momentus could get a better presence in CPSDA because they wanted to support dietitians. Um, It wasn't just about selling the products, but it was about really supporting sports RDs Um, because Chris was a strength coach, but has just this unique ability to, to really support like his role as a strength coach. He was helping dietitians um, and really liked communicating with them. And so, um, so he had already been talking to Amy about making a bigger presence. 
And so immediately, of course I latched on and I was like, yes, awesome. Let's do this. Like, how can we? Um, so we are going to be sponsoring the upward, um, the upward workshop. And essentially it will be just to not say too much. Um, it will be helping RDs learn about that communication within a university and, um, and across departments and, you know, how do you get that experience to take the next step in your career? So, um, I'm really excited for it. We're looking at, um, the workshop happening in 22 and, um, I'm, I just, I'm so excited to be a part of it because again, like I think young, these young RDs are so smart and they are gaining more experience, but there's also so much competition, so much more competition now than ever before for jobs. And, um, so I'm really excited to be a part, a part of that. And same thing with us sponsoring your podcast. I mean, just with what you're doing, it's so awesome to, to hear these stories where everybody came from and, and help, um, just to help in any way we can sponsor, um, and be a part of the young sports artists that, that need the help. So, yeah. Awesome. No, thank you. I appreciate it. It's, it's cool because I feel like that workshop, like you can learn so much with experience, but there's so much, like, I wish I would have known, you know, because you have to, and if you don't have to learn the hard lessons, go to the workshop and then, you know, all those little things that like, it's really hard to teach until you experience it. It's nice that there's a workshop now that can kind of like give you a heads up on maybe how to deal with something, but it's hard when you're young. It's hard. It's hard. What I really love about the workshops are like, you're also meeting, like you're growing that network. And I know when I started at Baylor, I was so scared to reach out and ask somebody a question other than Allison. And even Allison, like, I felt like I had to just do a million things in a day. I wouldn't get to reach out to Allison that often. And, um, I was scared to ask a question that made me look like I didn't know what I was doing, you know? And so I feel like these workshops placing you with a group of colleagues that you're all at the same place and you you will have that network to reach out to. And, um, I just love it. I love that we're growing, um, CPSCA is growing and everything they're doing. Cause you just, you need to have, need to have people that are experiencing what you're experiencing. Agreed. Best advice in your career up until this point. Again, it's going to come from Allison, the queen herself. I feel like she's uh, on the podcast with us right now. If only she could be, but you know, she's funnier than me. She would just steal the spotlight. Um, no, (laughs) um, I, I told her I was like, I was scared to mess up. You know, I, I just was like, I'm just scared to mess up. The best thing she ever said to me was it's not, it's not, if you're going to mess up, it's when you mess up. And she's like, because you will mess up. She's like, but you just need to be able to take a deep breath and fix it. She's like, own the mistake and fix it. And, um, and I honestly, like, again, I was always scared to make, I was always scared to mess up, you know, like the nightmare of having food not show up or, you know, something like that. Um, but, um, but I always thought about it because I was like, all right, I'm going to triple check everything, but if, and when it happens, like I will deal with it and I will learn from it. And, um, And so, yeah, so that was the best advice that I ever got was from Allison, just knowing that like you can handle any mistake that you make, but you need to be, be ready in how you're going to respond, like how you're going to react. 
because not being able to handle an emergency is not an option. Like we're going to get them. So how are you going to handle it? So, yeah, I love that. All right. Ready for the rapid fire round? I don't know. Oh, yes. Okay. If you had to choose between Subway, Jimmy John's and Jersey Mike's, what would you choose? Jersey Mike's all day, every day. We just got one in Connecticut. Getting it Mike's way is so good. So good. It's just, I can't do the onions. Can't do it. I don't know either. If you went to a movie theater, what would you order? Oh man, this is going to be a reveal about myself. Um, popcorn with all the butter. (laughs) You know what I saw recently on TikTok? You put a straw like in the middle of the popcorn, put the butter like on the, in the straw. And then you get the butter evened out through the straw. Oh, that's, that's a great one. So my cousin is really good. She would only get like, she would ask, like only fill up that popcorn a little bit. She'd go put butter on it. Okay. Give me some more popcorn. <laughs> like she was very oh. particular. Did you get any, would you get any candy or like a drink or no? Um, when I, when I was younger, like gummy worms were like, Oh yeah. The sour ones or like the regular one? Um, I just like the regular. I like the regular. In fact, I cannot tell my two children how much I love gummy worms. I keep it to myself. So I pretend like I don't like, what's your pet peeve? Oh my God. Do we have another hour to discuss? (laughs) Five seconds. Go. So when my boss, Chris DeSanto listens to this, he knows my biggest pet peeve is it is what it is. I hate the slogan. It is what it is. Oh, like that when, when people say that, I'm like, of course it is what it is. Like you don't have to say it. It drives me insane. Oh. I also, I also don't like it when like babies are given like adult voices or like animals are given voices. Like uh, <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. yeah. I hate, I hate when people are late because there's no need to be late. Like there's just, and I think it says enough about you. If you're late, it said that you didn't care. A heads up is different. If you say, Hey Liz, you know, I'm running late. I'll be five minutes. That's different. But if you're just late, I think that's rude. Yeah. I I always actually, I forgive people being late because one of my sisters is like, you have to tell her that something's going to happen like 15 minutes earlier. So she'll get there. So (laughs) I always forgive it a little bit, but yes, agreed. All right. Last question. Are you ready? Yes. If you could tell your younger already self one thing, what would you say? I would say, make sure when you're going to get onto an athlete, make sure no other athletes are anywhere around. (laughs) That was one of the biggest mistakes I ever made. I got onto this, I got onto this linebacker about his plate of like donuts at breakfast one day. And he was so embarrassed. And I think it took like two years to like, not, not really two years, but like in, in teenage boy years. Um, but you know, it's just, I would, I always look back on certain Mm -hmm. conversations with athletes and I try, I wish that I would have put myself in their spot before I reacted. Like, um, because we sometimes mistakenly think like we're trying to help them and help them get better, but you just constantly have to remind yourself that like you're dealing with a child that is away from home. And so I wish I just would have taken a deep breath and said, like, how would I like to have been approached in this situation? Um, 
because I just, uh, you know, you look back on those moments, you just have those glaring moments of like, I wish I could have redone that. So I think I would talk to my young self about put myself in their shoes and how would I like to have been talked to? Because Lord knows I was a terrible student athlete. (laughs) Oh my God. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It was so fun having you on and yeah, this was so much fun. Thank you. Have a great rest of your week and we'll talk soon. Bye Annie. Yeah, absolutely. Bye Liz. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on Sports Artie Snippets. I hope you found our conversation helpful today. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Share the podcast or tell another Sports Artie to be or sports dietitian about it. If you can rate and review the podcast, it really helps the show and is much appreciated. Remember to follow along on Instagram at Sports Artie Snippets to see what Sports Artie guest is featured each week. I'm super excited to bring on my upcoming guests, so stay tuned. I'm Liz Waluka, and thanks so much for listening. Hey, everyone. I wanted to remind you that this episode is sponsored by Momentus. Check out their website at livemomentous.com and use the code RDSnippets at checkout for 25% off your order. That's R-D-S-N-I-P-P-E-T-S. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll be back in two weeks.